<clears throat> Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro, and today I will be interviewing Rabbi Eitan Webb Shliach to Princeton University on the topic of insurance for Shluchim. I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more luck on their Shluchim. Thank you, Dovi. So before we begin, I would just like to thank our sponsors. I would like to thank Fosman Jewelers and the Smetana Group. Thank you for making the Shluchim podcast available to all Shluchim. So let's get right to it. On the topic of insurance, let's just begin with the most important question, and that is, why is it important that uh, every Shliach has insurance and Shluchim? Well, thank you. It's a very good question. The, the very brief response is every shliach and shlucha moves to a place takes or takes a responsibility. Responsibility is for the place, but it's also for their own families who are in that place. And we don't know, you know, what is, is um, of taking care of things that we are not available for. So when the shliach is there and fundraising, and we're Tashem very well, uh, then they're covering their bills and everything's great. But if they're not, uh, then the insurance ensures that the family is able to keep going in a way which is bakavadik. That's for the shliach. But even for the shlucha, even if she's not the one who is fundraising, sometimes she is, but even if she's not, um, the level of distraction and of difficulty that ensues when one or the other of the couple is not there is tremendous. There's a tremendous pressure on time and also on cost. And having the security of knowing that the kinderlach are taken care of and they don't have to rush out to a meeting the day after Shiva, is, uh, is a big deal. Eitan, can you talk for a minute about the different insurance policy plans that are out there? Okay, so there are basically two different types of insurance. One is called whole life. The other is called term life. Um, and they mean exactly what they sound like they mean. Whole life is something which you're, pu- you're purchasing for all of your life. And that's it. You buy it, you have it forever, and, and you own it. Uh, and as long as you pay the premiums uh, every month or every six months or every year or however you set it up, as long as you pay it, that policy will be paid, period. So if a person purchases a whole life plan for a million dollars, then uh, after 120 years, a million dollars will be paid to the family. The other is what's called term life, which means it's like the difference between buying a house and renting a house. So term life is you rent a policy, essentially. So if you rent a policy, you have it for as long as the rental. And you can have five-year term, 10-year term, 20-year term, 30-year term. These these numbers are the numbers of years that are on the policy. As a rule, term life is obviously cheaper because the – insurance company is hoping that you pay it for 10 years on the 10-year term policies, for example, and nothing happens, uh, at which case 
your policy ends, and they have that money, and uh, everybody is barfish and happy because because they have money and you're alive, and they are betting essentially that that will be what happens. Whole life is of course more expensive because it's guaranteed to be paid. So, meaning, what would someone do if they get term life insurance? The only difference would be then they would have to right away get onto new insurance. Re- they would right. have to renew it. That's yeah, that's that's right. Except that when, just like again, to go back to the house analogy, if a person wants to rent a house which is in tip-top condition, you pay a certain price. If a person wants to rent a house which is not so good condition, you pay a different price. So the insurance industry works that way, just in reverse. Uh, the if a person is 25 years old, healthy, fit. Um, then the then they're going to buy a 20-year term policy. It's going to cost very very little every month. But uh, when that policy expires, they're not going to be 25. They'll be a bit different, 45. And now they want to buy a new policy for 20 years. Uh, so the insurance company looks at it and says, "Well, you're buying it at 45 for 20 years, which means that it'll end when you're 65. The risk is obviously higher. Uh, and if you're buying it at 65 for 10 to 85, that's even higher. So the cost." Will go up significantly, and that's where the that's where the whole life will actually end up becoming more valuable than the term. So, can I can I ask? So, the, really, the only benefit of term is that in the beginning you pay less. Is that is that what it is? That's the big benefit. Yeah. So, for a person who's moving out of for a couple of years, doesn't have a lot of money, wants to be protected, they can get a much more cautious policy. For a lot less money, I mean, for example, you you, you might be able to get a uh, million dollars of term. These numbers obviously depend on health and depend on a lot of things. So don't take these numbers as absolute. But you can probably get term for less than a hundred dollars a month uh, for a million dollars of insurance, and this would be a 20-year term policy. Um, that same person who, let's say, between 25 and 35 years old, let's say, buying a whole life policy might pay $400 a month for the same policy. But um, when that person is going to be 65 years old and is going to want a a term policy, they might pay eight, nine, a hundred, a thousand dollars a month because who's going to want to sell it to them? Right. So, if we can continue just talking about uh, the basics of getting life insurance, can we talk about what does it take to get life insurance? Is it a big process that a shliach needs to go through, or is it pretty straightforward what needs to be done to set it up? It depends. Uh, it depends what you want. So if a person wants just say $300,000 of life insurance, it's a very, very simple process. You might even be able to do it without any physical. You may not need a doctor. You may not need anything. Uh, you just need basically to be alive, and there will be people who will who will give you a policy for a cost. Um, going to a doctor is a is a value though, because having the physical will bring down usually will bring down the cost, right? Because again, if 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 you go to a store and you want to buy nosh in the store, so if you want to buy a bag of licorice, you pay a dollar and twenty cents for a bag of licorice. But if you want to buy a bag of, I don't know what, a surprise bag, how much are you going to pay for the surprise? 
nobody really knows what the surprise is worth. So from the insurance company's perspective, they don't like surprises. So if they if they are giving a policy to a person who's 25 years old and healthy, it's a certain cost. If they're giving a policy to a person who's 25 and we have no idea if they're healthy, they have to charge more because they have to because they're taking a bigger risk. So let's say you're doing a bigger insurance policy. Let's say it's a million dollars. Is that then automatically then it's required to take a physical? And I I remember doing it myself. I think the company itself sent someone to my house. So usually over a certain threshold, you will be required to take a physical. Uh, it, for a million dollars, I don't know a place that will give it to you without a physical. Uh, in addition to the physical, there are also other points for a million dollars. And they, the, the biggest one, which, which relates to shluchim and something which people should think about, is that when an insurance company gives a person insurance, they give it based on what they determine the value of the person is. Which means that, I mean, it's not such a nice thing to say, but if they say a person is not worth a million dollars, and they will not give them a million dollars of insurance, even if the person wants to buy it. Why? Because they're afraid of fraud. They don't want a person who's homeless in a gutter to buy a million dollars of insurance and then, you know, have some, some way of, of, of whatever happening, cost insurance to that person. And they collect on a policy which was, uh, which was never really worth that in the first place. So from the, the reason this relates to shluchim is because many shluchim are on very low salaries. And you should just be aware that when you're going to go to the insurance agent and say you want to get a million dollars of insurance, they're going to say, well, how much do you make? And you're going to say you make $30,000 a year. They're going to sell you. They're almost for sure going to say, we're sorry, we cannot give it to you. Because the general rule of the insurance companies is 10 times earnings. So it'll be $300,000. Maybe you'll push them a little more. Uh, however, there are many schools who do get it, and there are many, many insurance agents who do get it, and the way they get it is there's a conversation with the insurance agency where they explain to them what is a shmiah, what do they do, what is their value of the community. They have to understand that it's not just the cost, it's not just the salary they're getting, it's what they're providing, and that the value of their providing to the community is much more than the salary. It's much more like the CEO of a company, but this is a conversation. So the reason I'm saying this is, A, that you should just be aware, and B, that if, if, if you just reach out to an insurance company and say, well, we're not going to give it to you because whatever, uh, it, it doesn't mean you should stop means you should go to the next person and, and maybe find a, a person who deals specifically with this and have a conversation with them. Wow. Okay, that's great. Um, great information to know. So what would you recommend for a shliach? What level um, or amount of policy should they take? Um, $500,000, a million dollars, is there a certain amount that, that you would recommend? I would recommend they get as much as they can. If they have a balabas who says, Rabbi, I want you to get insurance, take a million dollars, take two million, take 20 million. What's the difference? As much as you can, you're providing for your family. But I would say that, that you can, you know, it's not something that you should go without. It's also not something that, that you should be extravagant on if you can. So if a person says, look, I can't afford the electricity bill, I would still say, nevertheless, you should still somehow figure out how to get insurance. But maybe a million dollars is not the place right now. Maybe you could say for five hundred thousand dollars, 
I can struggle mightily, but do it. Uh, so then I would say do that. The other thing is um, is that there is a third sort of policy, which is called convertible term. Um, convertible term means that you buy the term policy and you buy the option to change it into whole policy. So you're renting, it's like renting a house with the option to buy, right? You buy, you're renting a house, but you tell the owner that if I want to buy, I want to be able to buy. And we're going to set the price now if I decide to buy. So if you do that, then you can lock in an earlier price. And there are definitely companies that will do this for 10 years, even for 20 years, that you'll be able to, uh, to, to lock in that price. But it's not endless. So if a person buys a 20-year term, um, at some point, the insurance company will say, sorry, you can't convert anymore. So depending on the company, it could be 8 years, 10 years, it could be 12 years, but something else mm-hmm. to think about. Now, I'm just coming back to what I was talking about before for a minute. Do you know any Shulkin who have a $2 million policy? Yes. So that's not that's not not overdoing it. If you can afford it, you can if, afford it. Again, if someone can afford it. Why not? If a person could afford it, then they'd say they're giving to their they're basically giving you a Rusha of two million dollars. So I, I don't know. If a person can give you a Rusha of two million dollars, I think it's wonderful. I don't see why not. I'm just thinking of these situations. I'm not personally familiar with any of these cases, but sometimes you know someone could think a million dollars is 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 a fortune. But on, but the truth is is that when if especially if uh, the, the, the shliach something happens to the shliach and he's a fundraiser, it, it, that 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 could that could just simply be ten years of of running an operation. So if, if there's a possibility to get more. I can understand how $2 million is, is, is not overdoing it. Again, if, if a shliach could afford it. That's correct. Um, I mean, in most cases, a million dollars is not even 10 years. Right. You start, again, dealing, yeah, with, you start, you start dealing with, with tuitions and with remittances and maybe some with hafanas. It goes very, very fast. You know, it sounds like a lot of money because it's a lot of money at one time. But it's not a lot of money, and it goes very, very quickly. And... Uh, I, I don't know. I think if a person is able to afford it, then they should. I, I, again, if I don't think that a person is going to debt to have $2 million of insurance. No, I don't. Um, but if they see that, they, that they're able to swing that, then I would say, yeah. Another question that I have is, do you think there's any room for someone to say that this is not the way of, of Chabad or Hasidim to to think about these things or to to, to pay money for for in, in the event that something like this would happen. Is there a way? I mean, sure, there's a way. There's a way to do everything. In the in Tashin Yerales, Tamil, they ever spoke about life insurance. They ever made fun of it a little bit, and uh, said that the, you know there's two ways of 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 dealing, thing, dealing with things. There's one which is basically the way of the Bali Muslim, which says you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die, and so you should be good. And the other one is the Bahar to Bahayim. And so, so they always said that the life insurance is a little bit to the Bali Muslim right? They can say, hey, you know, you're going to die, so you should set your life in order. Um, and better, a person should go and make investments, Bahayim Chayus, and invest right and, uh, and, have, and have benefit from it today. But if you read it, actually was reading it just 
this week, if you read it, Rebbe doesn't knock it completely. Rebbe doesn't say, therefore, you shouldn't have it. Rebbe says is that it shouldn't be your focus. And Rebbe says, even then, Rebbe says that, that there is a place for Moser. However, then, you know, the Iker is chus, but every once in a while, there is an issue. There is an Indian of Moser as well. Not that Moser gets completely knocked out of the park. So I think that, that what I would argue is that if a person spends their entire life focused on, on Hapachachayim, I think that's just not healthy. And they certainly shouldn't do that. They should go and they just think about this and make a clear-headed decision and then set it up. And then after that, they should, besides for paying the bills, they should forget that it even exists and go on with their life and they should never, ever need it. And that should be the bracha. But, uh, but, uh, but, but I, I think that to say that, that, uh, to dask and not get it, um, I, I've not seen that anywhere. I'm not the biggest bucky in everything, but I haven't seen it. Okay, excellent. So, uh, any is there one last thought that you would leave looking with on this topic of uh, life insurance? Well, the last thought is nobody should ever need it. it should be with Shemayim uh, Blacha, and uh, we should go Garden Gichen to Mashiach, and we have Chaim Nitzchim. Then you don't need any of this conversation. Amen. Thank you, Rabbi Eitan Webb, for sharing with Shluchim about this important topic of life insurance. And like you said, maybe none of us need it. We really appreciate your time. This is Dovi Shapiro, and if you have any ideas of how to make the Shluchim podcast even better, please email me at rabbi at jewishflagstaff.com. If you know also any Shluchim that would like to join your Shluchim podcast, they can email me at rabbi at jewishblackstaff.com with the word subscribe. Thank you, and make it a great week.